Lakers. Our Adrian Wojnarowski with a Woj bomb. The Lakers have hired Darvin Ham as their new... Welcome back. It's JJ Peters. But again, you probably already knew that. Again, thanks for uh, this week's episode. We have Matt Kane from Kane's Corner. It's not necessarily a podcast, but I think he is on Spotify if you want to check him out there. He's mostly on YouTube. And of course, you can check him out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Again, all the links will be down in the description below. Of course, we talked about the NBA Finals, a great game, a great series. Right now, it's three games to two in favor of the Warriors. At the time of the recording, it was on a Tuesday. And right now, it's on a Wednesday when I officially release it, or hopefully it might be on a Thursday morning, but it should be on a Wednesday night. We talk mostly about the NBA Finals. Again, as I mentioned, we also talk a little bit about the Lakers hiring Darvin Ham. We also talk about the Hornets hiring Kenny uh, Kenny Atkinson. And we also talk about Quinn Snyder surprisingly resigning from the Jazz. And right now the Jazz are looking for a coach as well. Hopefully I'll release something on TikTok as well when that officially happens when they finally have a new coach. But you're probably wondering why I haven't released the episode in a while. Well, I've been kind of busy recently. It's been hard to get interviews, but I was able to get Matt Kane. He was pretty easy to talk. He was pretty easy to be able to get on. So again, a huge thanks to him. Um, again, you can check him out. All the links will be down in the description below, but mostly Instagram and YouTube. You can also check him out on Spotify. I think he's also on Facebook and Twitter. But again, don't quote me on that because I think whatever I put down in the description below should be all of his links to his uh, content and stuff like that. We uh, we also talk a little bit about his, he's a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers. We talk about him returning to the Packers. Uh, we also talk about if the Rams are going to be able to to Pete, and I think he's got. He thinks the Rams are going to dominate the NFC. There's a good chance that's going to happen with how wide open the NFC is. And we also talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup. Now I'm hoping to talk more about the Stanley Cup just in one episode, just the Stanley Cup, and a few in a hopefully very soon um, while the cup, the Stanley Cup, is still going on. But uh, again, we talk a little bit about that. I think he, I think he had the Lightning winning, I believe. I think, but again, we'll see what happens. I just got done watching that game. The Avalanche surprisingly won in overtime, four three. They held on to win, and again, that was a great game. But again, we talk mostly about the NBA Finals. We also talk about Draymond Green if he needs to take it easy. It's pretty impressive he can do it while doing a podcast as well, but let's be honest, guys. He needs to slow it down. We also talk about that. Um, we also talk about who's been the most impressive for the Warriors outside of guys like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Also for the Celtics outside of Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. Sorry, my phone just went off there. <laughs> but anyways, we also talk about those things as well. We also talk about um, yeah, should the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook? Should they trade Anthony Davis? Should they they trade both? Should they keep? I mean, Darvin Ham's got a very, uh, very interesting offseason. He's got a very big job to do, and yeah, he might just be the scapegoat if they don't end up doing well next year or the year after that. So we also talk about that. I think we talk about a few other things as well. Did Ime Udoka, should he should he have won Coach of the Year after having such an impressive year? But of course, it is a regular season talk, a regular season award. So we talk a little bit about that, but we will also mostly just talk about NBA stuff, just finals mostly. So again, it was a great conversation. Again, go check out Matt Kane on Instagram and YouTube. That's where he's mostly on, but you can also check him on Spotify, and I believe he's on Facebook and Twitter. So again, don't, go check out Kane's Corner, and I think that's it. So let's go on to the rest of the episode.
Before we start today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shot to our sponsor of today's video. And that sponsor is our good friends over at helpyoufind.me. You're probably asking yourself, JJ, what is helpyoufind.me? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Peter Sanchez, the founder, creator, and owner, was originally worried about his daughter and his mom always asking him for his travel details. Helpyoufind.me was initially created for collective peace of mind. 48 hours. These are the most crucial or most critical moments to find you in the event of an emergency or worse, waiting for the legal process to access your important history information, which can take up to weeks upon weeks upon weeks. With help you find me, you have your own secure and encrypted digital if I go missing file that can give you your most trusted people access to virtual information much sooner than the authorities. Each person you share with that has your has its own access rules and everything is completely encrypted. Not even helpyoufind.me can access it. This puts you in total control of your data. You can also update your location, submit photos, screenshots, and post random information or notes on the go. It's as easy as texting with a friend. To find out more information, go to helpyoufind.me. Also, don't forget to use the promo code down below in my description. If you use the promo code STP2021 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that promo code is STP2021 to get 15% off your first order. And go to, uh, if you want more information, go to helpyoufind.me. And again, I'll put the link down in the description down below. All right, let's get back to the show. Alrighty, I am pleased to be introduced or pleased to be <laughs> pleased to be joined by Matt Kane from Kane's Corner. How's it going, Matt? Doing great. How are you? I am doing great again. Thanks for coming on to talk about some and talk about the NBA finals. Um, before we start talking about some basketball, if you want to tell more about yourself and uh, your channel and all that good stuff. Yeah. So like you said, I'm Matt Kane uh, from Kane's Corner Sports. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a student at Ithaca College over uh, in central New York. I'm from Syracuse, New York, and just love sports ever since I was a little kid and decided it's kind of what I wanted to go into. So I started my uh, a podcast with my friends a couple of years ago called Goat Chat, and then I kind of got into a solo sports show type of podcast or type of show, type of podcast, whatever you want to call it, Kane's Corner. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a blast and I love doing these things, you know, hopping on other people's podcasts and just collaborating with other people. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on kind of on a short notice here. We haven't, we haven't released an episode in a while, probably close to to a month, but again, thanks for coming on. So, um, we're going to talk about the NBA finals. It's kind of been an interesting one. It's been a lot better than, well, Last year was pretty good, but this year seems like it's going to go seven. At the time of this recording, it's Tuesday. The Warriors have a three-game-to-two lead. What have you thought about the NBA Finals so far? I mean, like you said, it's been very entertaining. I'm not – I wouldn't call myself, like, a huge NBA fan every year. Uh, this year, I've been much more into it kind of because of the show and because I'm talking about it consistently. But I've just I've I'm going to be honest, I've loved the Warriors ever since uh, the first round against the Nuggets. After that first round, I adjusted my bracket and I said it was going to be Warriors over Celtics. I'm very happy about that so far. So and I had the Warriors winning, but it's been a great uh, NBA playoffs just in general. I mean, the first round with Brooklyn getting swept, you know, you didn't think Brooklyn would be swept. I thought that game Mm -hmm. would be going into seven at least. So it's been a, it's been a great series. It's been a great playoffs and I've just loved the star power to be honest. And I can't wait for game six. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're a lot better on your predictions than me. Cause I thought it was gonna be the bucks and Suns again with how good 
both teams were looking going into the playoffs and they completely well they didn't they didn't do terribly I mean they got past the second round they got to the second round but still not even not even make the conference finals so yeah the series has been very interesting this year now I think it's going to end up going seven with how well Boston has answered now they've lost back-to-back games they haven't done that I don't think all postseason so uh, what do you think, or let's go, let's talk about game five a little bit, right? Um, why do you think the Warriors were able to win by 10, despite Steph Curry not having that great of a game? I think that's more to talk about with the Celtics. Um, I was shocked at the Celtics performance offensively because they were, they were an explosive team. And we saw that multiple games throughout the NBA finals. I mean, Jalen Brown, don't even Jalen Brown is such a good player. And he really mm-hmm. showed that throughout the, this NBA finals, Jason Tatum, I feel like needs to step up a little, but the reason why I think the Warriors won is because of Andrew Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins came out and he showed that he could be a number one pick. Uh, he could live up to the hype that he once had. And despite Curry's, I think it was over nine over 10 from three. I believe Clay Thompson was able to shoot the ball to um, yesterday I think the role players stepped up and that's kind of what you want. Um, The thing that I don't like about the Celtics is turnovers. And Mm -hmm. I I think, I just think the Warriors played a very good game defensively because that, that was not a high scoring game. I believe it was one Oh seven to 90. It was was like one Oh three to 93 or something like that. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. a great offensive game, but just a key player that stepped up, Andrew Wiggins. And if you saw like any of the news, I'm, I watched some sports shows here and there um, because I actually interned with Fox Sports FS1 last semester. But still, I watched some of those shows and they're like, oh, my gosh, is Andrew Wiggins going to be finals MVP if the Warriors win? So just based on yesterday's game, that put him up so far and he played tremendous. I think Andrew Wiggins was a huge X factor and the reason why the Warriors won last night. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins seems like he has a history of kind of disappearing in the second half or disappearing for some games. He's done that a little bit in the finals this year, but yeah, he's definitely been improved. I think Wiggins, too, it kind of shows that he's not a number one option, but he can be a great number two or number three option, right? And of course, we look on the Celtics side. In my opinion, the free throw shooting was horrible from Boston. They haven't been that great at all this this, these finals, if you really think about it. And of course, the turnovers and their offense, as you mentioned, was not great. Um, they looked really timid for some reason. They just looked really timid in the game. I thought, you know, Jason Tatum played a better game, I felt like, in game five, but yet all the other guys kind of just didn't really play well at all. But yeah, I think, you know, Golden State, they're looking impressive. I do think Boston wins game six. Um, do you think Boston? goes back to, or do you think that the series goes back to Golden State with the series tied, or do you think the Warriors just finish it in Boston on Thursday night? I can't see the Warriors winning in the Garden. Mm -hmm. I just can't. Uh, Like you said, the Celtics haven't lost. They actually haven't lost back-to-back games, I believe, since January 17th or something, Mm -hmm. since they really had that streak of greatness, I guess you could call it. So I can't see them losing three games in a row, and I can't see them losing in the Garden. Uh, I'm expecting someone to step up. I'd probably... If I bet on it, I'd probably say Jalen Brown, but no, I I think this game's going to go to game seven or the series is going to go to game seven. I don't see them losing in Boston. Yeah. Like I said, Boston, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Cause I thought, you know, I kind of forgot that they hadn't lost back-to-back games in a long time, but to go ahead and lose, you know, not to go ahead and lose back-to-back games. That's huge. It was big for golden state. And uh, now again, if once the series is over, you know, let's just say Golden State wins the series, right? In seven. Do you think Steph Curry gets the MVP or do you think another player for the Warriors would get it? Because I think it's going to be Curry. But I mean, is there another chance that someone else gets it or? 
There is no doubt in my mind it's Steph Curry. Um, I and this might be I don't know if I'd say bias because I'm not a Warriors fan, but I'm a huge Steph Curry fan. I love the three point game and how he's just changed, kind of changed the NBA. Mm-hmm. But Steph, I mean, you think about the games that were huge. Steph had 40 in game four. Uh, I think it was around 40, maybe more 30 in game two, I believe. So like, I just can't see anyone else other than Steph winning it. I understand the Andrew Wiggins debate and I understand if Steph wasn't there or he wasn't producing as well as he has been that Andrew Wiggins would win it. But Steph has been incredible. He's been insane. And I think it's finally time for him to win a finals MVP because that's kind of what people have been Mm-hmm. complaining about him, I guess, for his resume and basically saying that KD kind of gave him those those rings. I I don't know. I'm not a huge believer in that whole he needs a finals MVP. I've, I've talked about it before. Kind of makes me go nuts, but I think he wins the MVP. Now, on Boston, do you think, because Jason Tatum hasn't had the best series, I feel like Jalen Brown's been the best player for Boston. Do you think he deserves the MVP if Boston forces a game seven and ends up winning in Golden State? Yes, I think it would it, a lot would depend on these next two games because mm-hmm. that's what's going to shift shift the series and shape uh Boston to win. Um I would probably bet on Jalen Brown and I feel like if I if someone asked me right now who would win it, I'd say Jalen Brown, but don't get me wrong, Jason Tatum can easily win this. You, like you said, he had a better game yesterday with uh 25 27 points, I believe, mm-hmm. and if he goes out there and he, I think he needs to play better on defense. I'll say that. But if he goes mm-hmm. out there, plays some good defense and makes his shots, I could see him totally winning it. But I would say between those two guys, I, I would give it also a shout out to Robert Williams. Cause I think he mm-hmm. is yeah. very important, but he's not going to win it. Well, he's been incredible for a shot blocking at least. Right. I mean, he's so like when, when any Warriors players gets inside, you know, the paint, it's almost impossible to avoid Robert Williams, right? And I I didn't think the Celtics running a two-center lineup with Robert Williams and Al Horford was a great idea. But this series, it's definitely been, for the most part, a good series because Robert Williams has been impressive. But at the end of the day, I think if Boston ends up winning it, which I don't know if they can, um, I definitely think they're going to go to a game seven. But I think if they did, I'd probably lean more towards Jalen Brown. Um, but if you really look at this whole series, um, Who's been the player outside of like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for Boston you've been most impressed with? Probably Robert Williams, but um, if because I mean, just thinking about the Warriors team, they don't really have a center to go up against him. And you looked at those if you if you didn't notice the lineups that Steve Kerr's been playing. He's been playing Draymond Green as the center, and mm-hmm. Game Four didn't work out in the beginning because Robert Williams just killed them. They ended up winning, but Robert Williams killed them in the beginning. Uh, so I'd go with Robert Williams. If I had to go with someone other than Robert Williams, I'd probably say Al Horford. And maybe Al Horford. I, I I don't think I could give it to Smart because defensively he's not playing good. And what's Marcus Smart known for? His defense. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's playing that great on defense, at least. So it's a tough question. Maybe Grant Williams, too, because Grant Williams has been playing decent uh, coming off the bench, especially in games that they've won. Well, the Celtics bench has been very pivotal and it's very important too. when you get to the postseason or get down to the finals, you have to have a good bench. Now they got their bet. The Celtics bench got outplayed by the Warriors bench. Like they scored what one point in the first half, which is not very impressive. So 
you know, as you mentioned, that's great. I think Derek White for the Celtics has been very impressive. At least he wasn't really necessarily in game five, but you look at those first few games, very impressive. Um, I think the Spurs made a huge, uh, huge, you know, mistake of getting him, getting rid of him for, I don't even know what they got for him to be honest with you, but they, they made a huge mistake of getting rid of him. But on Golden State side, who would you think deserves the most, imp- like who have you been most impressed with outside of like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins? Um, I would probably say Gary Payton or Kevon Looney. Um, Kevon Looney has, I'm going to be honest. I didn't think Kevon Looney was anywhere close to good. And then Dallas Mavericks series, he just came out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he just started having double digit point games. And, uh, last night he didn't score that much, but he was very, uh, important on defense and important as kind of the big man. But I would probably, if I had to pick one of them, I'd pick Gary Payton, um, he, uh, more specifically with last night's game, I think that definitely pushes him because he had 15 points off the bench. He had a plus minus of 16. So, mm-hmm. and that was the highest plus minus out of every, anyone, including Steph Curry, including Andrew Wiggins. So he maybe isn't scoring the most every game for the Warriors on the bench, at least, but he's very important to their offense and even more important to their defense. That's kind of surprising because I know Gary Payton's been pretty good this postseason, but I wouldn't necessarily think that, you know, you would see Gary and Payton impressive. Um, outside of the really, I mean, outside of Steph Curry, you know, Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins, I would say the most impressive. I mean, Jordan Poole's been solid. There's been a few games where he's kind of dis- uh, disappeared. But I mean, in game, was it last night he had? Did he have, I can't remember how much points he had last night, but Jordan Poole's been solid. He's been a lot better than game one and game two. I think. Actually, I think game one, he had like 30 or 31 points. But, you know, Jordan Poole's been solid. But outside of Golden, outside of like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, I don't know if I'd really have the most impressive player. I'd, I'd probably just go ahead and go Jordan Poole. But um, let's, start, let's, start, let's start talking about Draymond Green. He's been very... Um, He's been very uh, interesting this play uh, this finals, to be honest with you. Um, what have you thought about Draymond Green's play? He he picked it up in game five, but what have you thought about his performance these these finals? He was kind of bringing him down, to be honest. Um, not only because he was playing bad, but he was kind of dragging them into bad water with the mm-hmm. media. Um, mostly because of his Draymond Green show, which has been on all over headlines, which, you know, I, res- I respect. Being a podcaster, being a uh, host of a sports show. I respect him for, you know, doing these post game reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he was just dragging them in bad water and even fouling out getting technicals. Mm-hmm. It's Draymond green. I understand he's going to do that, but in the finals, I feel like you have to cut down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like you said last night, I feel like he picked it up. I feel like he played a lot better than pre- uh, previous games, but I would say Draymond green, he was dragging he was dragging the team down uh, for the majority of the the finals so far. Hopefully he could pick it up. And I feel like he will because I, I have the Warriors winning in seven. So, yeah, he's been um, it seems like th- these posts this. It seems like at least this this year in the postseason, he's been a little different. Now, we all know he's past his prime. He's not really young anymore. He's past he's what he's 32, 33, I want to say. So he's definitely past his prime. But yeah, I mean. He could turn it down a little bit, like, you know, just, you know, play more. And I know that's kind of his style, but I think you're kind of hurting the team, as you mentioned. But I mean, they still have a three to two lead. And if they end up winning, no one's going to everybody's going to forget about that and see how impressive he is, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, he's going to have four rings. And yeah, you know, you have to give him some respect, especially after a basketball game, doing a podcast. You know, the last I think most players, when they get done playing a game, 
they don't necessarily want to do a podcast, right? So definitely give you give him some respect, but at least, you know, just tone it down a little bit, focus more on the finals, right? So anyways, about that. But anyways, let's go, let's continue with the NBA finals. Um, now, Ime Yudoka is in his first year as head coach. He's been very impressive this year. To lead a team all the way in your first year to the finals is very impressive, especially with Boston. I think it's the first time since 2010 that they're in the finals. But mm-hmm. um, do you think right now Ime Yudoka is kind of, since this is his first year and Steve Kerr is in his, what, a seventh or eighth year, do you think that's kind of a disadvantage at the moment? Yes. You even see it during some games. The thing about Ime Yudoka, and I think he's a, fantastic coach i mean that was a a plus hire i thought you know brad stevens being gone i I didn't know what he was going to do but he's a fantastic coach but you can see it in the nba finals they can't make adjustments um they start blowing leads they even blew leads against miami it somehow came out of it but they blew leads against miami um and when they're down they're down like he just can't make adjustments and you saw that with steph curry in the first four games Steph had a bad game. So like, I can't, I can't tell if he made an adjustment, but I feel like, you know, with the coaches, what they're huge, what the the X factor they're going to do is make adjustments. Um, So Boston lacks adjustments. They turn over the ball way too much, which can be a player's problem. But I think, you know, there's a point where the coach has to learn how to run a system where they're not turning the ball, maybe get a, a more truer point guard or maybe the best point guard you could find because they don't have a lot of true point guards on their team. I don't think they're, they have Marcus smart running the point guard and I've always known him as a shooting guard. Mm -hmm. So I think the adjustments are huge and that's the, the big difference between Steve Kerr, who's I believe is a top five coach in all time versus Ima Udoka. Yeah. And you mentioned about the point guard thing. I mean, yeah, if you look at the Celtics three point guards that they have and it's Marcus Smart, Derek White and Patriot, Peyton Pritchard. Right. And all of those guys are more of number twos. Right. Because Marcus Smart for a while there when they had Kyrie and when they had Kimba mm-hmm. Walker, he was a number two. And Derek White was the same way in San Antonio. He was the number two with DeJounte Murray being the one. And I feel like, yeah, that's kind of the one thing Boston lacks, I feel like, is a really true point guard. And yeah, Marcus Smart is great. Now he's defensive player of the year. But I feel like if they don't win the finals this year, going to get a point guard in free agency or via trade like a Damian Lillard or something would be kind of what they need to get over that hump and finally win it. But at the same time, you know, if you go and if they go ahead and win the championship, I don't know if I'd make any adjustments. But still, I mean, I think you kind of put the nail in the coffin there with the point guard, you know, with the Celtics not having a true point guard. And then um, with Ime uh, Udoka, I think he finished what runner up for the uh, coach of the year somewhere around there. Did you agree with Monty, Monty Williams winning coach of the year? Because they did have the best record and the Suns looked very impressive until the Mavs series. But did you agree with Williams winning it over Udoka? Yeah. Um, listen, the award is a year round award and the Boston Celtics were not good for the mm-hmm. first three months, I believe it would be because they started getting going in January. So I think I, I agree with Monty Williams. Uh, I believe that was the best record for the Suns franchise. And that was a top 10, maybe top 15 record all time in the NBA. So I agree with that. Um, Monty Williams coached the, the, the team very well, especially for a team where, they don't really have a superstar. I mean, Devin Booker is kind of in the middle of star and superstar, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but they don't really have a superstar. So I thought I thought they it was a well-coached team and it was well run, even with, you know, Jason Tatum, like Jason Tatum was playing MVP level, in my opinion, but he was not even in the race because 
he wasn't playing MVP level before January 17th or whenever mm-hmm. that date was. So I agree with Monty Williams. Ime Udoka, great. It's a great runner up. Um, I thought Spolstro would be a great choice too, but Monty beat both of them. I think, uh, wait, did, where did Udoka finish? He finished third or fourth, right? Because I think Taylor Jenkins was also in the running, right? Or I can't quite remember exactly, I, but I believe so. I don't. I feel like this award was the first one to come out, so I don't know if I exactly remember. But Taylor Jenkins, I believe, was in the running too. Yeah, so I kind of forgot about that. But yeah, with the Doka or with Udoka having a very impressive first year. But as you mentioned, you know, the coach of the year is more of a regular season award, just like all the other awards outside of the finals MVP. So, I mean, I, I understood why Williams won it most of the time when when the, when they award to the coach of the year or they award it to the coach. And most of the time they had the best record or they had an impressive season from a year before. Right. So, mm-hmm. I feel like I kind of agree with the word as well. Now, is there anything we're missing that we haven't talked about that you kind of want to talk more about or? I mean, uh, I don't think so. I mean, listen, this, this NBA finals is going to get much more better and I can't wait uh, just to think about game six, what can possibly happen. And then game seven, I think it's going to go down to the, to the near end and, Listen, I think Steph Curry is going to have a, a huge game seven if it comes down to that. Yeah. Well, if he ends up having a huge game seven, that's going to finally probably most likely going to give him that finals MVP because as we talked early on, and I think everybody's else, every other sports show, every sports podcast, every YouTuber, they're all talking about Steph Curry needs that finals MVP because if he ends up winning his fourth ring and doesn't get that MVP, people are going to kind of look at him and say, you know, that's that does look impressive. That's kind of a weak spot on his uh, record, because if you look at all the top players with rings, they all have a finals MVP at least. Right. So but I think he still is a Hall of Famer. But yet without that finals MVP, it doesn't look as good. Um, now let's go on to let's not talk about the NBA finals for a little bit here. Um, let's talk about the coaches coaching hires recently. Now, this has probably been about two or three weeks now, but. Uh, the Lakers kind of made a shocking hire and they hired Darvin Ham, an assistant for the Bucs, a longtime assistant. Uh, were you surprised by that hire? I mean, the thing about the Lakers job, which I said, I, I feel like it's a, a dead end job because like, I feel like they're just so uncoachable. I'm so uncoachable. So like throwing Darvin Ham in the fire is interesting between the three that they had. I believe it was Kenny Atkinson, Terry Stotts and Darvin Ham. I didn't really like any of them. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Darvin that I like is we don't know what he's going to be like. And he mm-hmm. he's under Mike Budenholzer for a while. And I think Mike Budenholzer is a top five coach right now. So he was under him. So maybe he learned something here or there. But listen, I, I don't think the Lakers job is enticing at all. And mm-hmm. I feel bad for Darvin because I feel like he's got to deal with Russell Westbrook. He's got to deal with Anthony Davis, who hasn't played basketball and let us know that he hasn't. He let us know that he hasn't played basketball in a mm-hmm. while. Not sure why. And then LeBron James. So and like LeBron is probably the easiest one to coach out of those three by far. But it's just L.A. is a mess. Well, do you think the clip or not the Clippers? Do you think the Lakers should trade Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook or both? Or what do you think they should do with? Uh, well, we definitely know they're not trading James, right? But what do you think they need to do with Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis? I think with I would trade Russell Westbrook, but the problem is his contract and the, I guess the the 
the money involved with it is going to be very tough and they would have to give up a first round pick. So it's almost like it's not worth it um, because their first round picks can be valuable soon if, mm-hmm. if they don't play good. Anthony Davis, I don't think anyone's truly interested in him. And I don't think his his market is it's at its all time low. So you, if you're going to trade Anthony Davis, you're not going to get probably what he's worth. Um, but it's all about LeBron. Because if you trade the one of LeBron's boys, he's unhappy. So mm-hmm. it's it's just it's like if you do something, it might be a domino effect. That that's mm-hmm. the problem that I have with LA. And I'm very interested how Rob Polinka and the front office is going to handle this because it was mishandled, whether it was from Rob Polinka or people have said it's because of LeBron, which I, I kind of am in that boat. But whoever mishandled this, they're gonna have to deal with it for the next five years because i don't think this la issue is going away do you think some of the problem is genie bust or do you think she's completely free of this what do you think like is she you know she's technically the owner right so where mm-hmm. do you think she you know does she deserve any of the blame or uh, the problem is i'm not sure i don't know 100 percent of the story and i don't know who's telling the truth because I remember, I believe Rob Polinka and Frank Vogel wanted Paul George. No, not was it Paul George? No, it was um Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan, mm-hmm. who played fantastic by the way this season, they mm-hmm. wanted Demar Derozan, and Demar wanted to go back to L.A. because he's from um, Crenshaw, I believe. So he wanted to go back, but then LeBron wanted Russell. So like, I don't know who's telling the truth, but mm-hmm. I, you're right. At the end of the day, Jeannie Buss is the owner. So she takes big, she takes a lot of blame for this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, she's the owner. Palinka's the GM. I understand it's LeBron James and I'm not sure how it's all run there. I don't know the, the ins and the outs of the Lakers mm-hmm. franchise, but whoever, whoever vouched for Russell Westbrook, the problem is there. And also I'd like to point out, I think clutch sports, um, said that they wanted Russell Westbrook gone at the trade deadline, but Rob Palenka refused to because they wanted Russell Westbrook in. So it's just all a mess, and I don't know who's telling the truth or not. Now, if you were a if you were a team, if you were a team outside of Lakers in the NBA, who would you try? Just Let's just say a hypothetical here. Who do you think, if you were a GM of an, any other NBA team outside of the Lakers, who would you trade for in, or who would you trade for first, Russell Westbrook or Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis. I think Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook is just he's he's not that good. I mean, like Russell Westbrook, don't get me wrong, in his heyday was a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Wizards when he played there, people just he had a good streak, but he was pretty bad for the majority of the season. And then he goes to LA and he's under the microscope and he's with LeBron and mm-hmm. LA is in the news all the time. So yeah. he's under that microscope and people are realizing he's not that good. I don't think he's that good. And the thing with Anthony Davis is if he's healthy, he can possibly be a top 10 player. So mm-hmm. I would just go with his health. Russell Westbrook, the thing he has is durability. I believe he played almost every game for the Lakers. So mm-hmm. I would take Anthony Davis. It's not two enticing options over in LA. I'll do LeBron. Yeah, I think most people would agree with you, and especially down in the comment section. If we have any comments, they're probably definitely going to go a little more Anthony Davis. But yeah, you know, Russell Westbrook at one time was a top was a top ten player. He was probably at one time the best point guard. He was an MVP, right? But I think yeah, his heyday has kind of passed him already. 
And um, he wasn't bad in Washington. I just think that, you know, when you're in LA, as you mentioned, you're under the microscope all the time. So like, I kind of, yeah, cause he was kind of under the radar last year. And then this year he was definitely all over the news, right. At least in, in the basketball world. So um, let's talk about some other hires re- or actually let's talk about the jazz, you know, Quinn Snyder resigned. I was stunned. Um, do you think he resigned because he wanted to go somewhere else? Or do you think he resigned for other reasons? Um, that's actually a good question. I never really thought about why he resigned. Um, I don't know because listen, I, I actually said this, I was like, all right, jazz, it's time to blow it up. Like it's time to fire Quinn Snyder. It's time to trade either go bear or Mitchell. Like it's, it hasn't worked. And I think with Quinn Snyder, there's either two situations, three situations. He doesn't want to coach anymore. Um, he was sick of the jazz or the jazz told him, listen, we're going to fire you. So you can step down and it might look better on you or you're going to be fired. I think those are the three situations. And uh, Quinn Snyder, is he even getting any buzz for vacant coach positions? I'm not even sure. Well, I think there's only one or eight because the Hornets just hired Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson. The Lakers have Darvin Ham. Um, for some reason, I can't think outside of Utah. Who, there's another team that needs a coach too, and I can't quite remember. Oh, the Kings already hired Mike Brown. So the Jazz are the only team with a coaching need right now. So they're not going to, I don't think they're going to bring him back, but no. So I guess he's, he's not, I, I mean, maybe in the future, we might see him possibly coach again. It's kind of like Sean Payton in the NFL. He retired mm-hmm. from the saints. I think he'll be back in a year or two. So possibly we'll see Quinn Snyder back. Maybe he'll step into an assistant role or some other type of role, but for the time being, I don't think Quinn Snyder is going to be coaching. As you mentioned too, you think that the jazz need to blow it up. Right. And if mm-hmm. I was the jazz, I would look to see if I could trade for Gobert. but with all the news surrounding Donovan Mitchell, he's the best player for the jazz. We all know that hands down. Right. But there's been rumors of him going to the Knicks. And even before last year, even before Quinn Snyder resigned, there was talks about Mitchell going somewhere else outside of Utah. He's still got four more years left in his contract. Could you see him getting traded to like the Knicks or maybe the Heat or maybe, I don't know, some other team, like maybe like the Sixers or something? I mean, do you think Donovan Mitchell is done in Utah? Do you think he has, you know, do you think he's going to play in Utah next year? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's. The thing is, I don't think the Jazz are going to trade him, and I don't think he's the, he's. I don't think he's going to hold out because mm-hmm. he wants what's best for him, and he's a younger player. Like he, mm-hmm. he's not totally proven, and totally proven to be able to hold out, and then for them to be able to trade him, like you said, they just signed him to a massive deal. So, mm-hmm. I think he'll be back. I don't think his buddy Rudy Gobert will be back, but Mitchell's going to be here to stay for maybe a year or two until unless they get a perfect deal. Unless they get a perfect deal, which would mm-hmm. probably be Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson for the Heat and like a first round pick or the ninth pick from the the Knicks and RJ Barrett. They probably won't give up RJ Barrett, but some enticing player, Emmanuel Quickly, whoever, if it's a good deal, I can see the Jazz taking it, but I don't think they're going to get any tremendous deal. And I think they're just going to keep him for money reasons mostly. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because this has been a buzz for a long time, right, where Donovan Mitchell's not going to stay in Utah. And it seems like he likes Utah, at least, you know, he, you know, 
something could definitely change. We didn't think that, you know, there was a few years where we didn't think that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard would go to the Clippers, right? Anything can change. We didn't think, we didn't think James Harden was going to leave, you know, Brooklyn and a year later he gets traded to Philly. So like there's something could happen, but yeah, it doesn't seem like Mitchell wants to go, but if I'm the jazz, I'm going to look to trade Gobert because it seems like Mitchell and Gobert's relationship has soured over the years. Uh, It probably started back when the pandemic started, but I really think that if I'm the Jazz, I would trade Gobert. I don't know what they can get for him, but if I'm the Jazz, especially with the West getting better, you want to improve your team, and they still have a really good team. I just think that if they wanted to, if they needed to trade a player, it would have to be Gobert. So, I mean, we can see what happens. We'll see what happens with Utah, but you know, they got a they got a pretty interesting offseason ahead of them. Um, what do you think about? Not a lot of people are talking about him, and the Hornets aren't exactly a a, a conversation starter, right? But what do you think about the hire for Atkinson going to a Charlotte Hornets team who's actually pretty decent? Like they've got some good players. They got LaMelo Ball. They got Terry Rozier. They got Mikael. Yeah, they got Miles Bridges. And they also have, um, you know, they have Gordon Hayward if he can stay healthy, right? But what do you think about Atkinson to you or to Charlotte? Uh, Kenny Atkinson is, I don't believe he's a, has a good coaching record. I remember him on the Nets, and I don't think the Nets were that good. Mm-hmm. Listen, I think it's like if you have a coach who had a coaching uh, tenure somewhere else and wasn't that good, I don't think you'd, you'd try to sign him. And and that's difficult because like a lot of coaches start out somewhere, and maybe it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. But you have Lamelo Ball that probably has. One of the, it's probably one of the most talented players, to be honest, and has the most potential in the NBA right now. So you have him and you want a guy who's going to develop him. I don't believe it's going to be Kenny Atkinson unless Steve Kerr changed something about him over in Golden State. But they they were one of the teams that I was like, OK, maybe it will be a dark horse team that will slide into the playoffs. But I mean, they 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 have a couple years left to really do something with LaMelo or else LaMelo is going to leave. So I didn't truly like the hire. I'm kind of wondering like MJ, maybe you're not the greatest GM. I know you're the greatest basketball player, but maybe you're not the greatest GM. So we'll have to see how Kenny Atkinson pans out. I don't think Atkinson's a bad hire. I mean, he didn't, the Nets weren't a very good team. I think when he took over in 2016 and he did make the playoffs that one year in 2019, of course, I think he got fired because him and Kyrie didn't exactly agree with each other, but I mean, we'll see. I don't know if he's going to really do a whole lot because that Hornets team feels like it's always going to be somewhere in the seventh to eighth seed. And I don't know how long LaMelo is going to stay. I mean, maybe he goes to LA in a few years, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because he is a pretty big star, or at least he's becoming one of those top stars. But again, we'll see what happens. I mean, (laughs) like I said, anything is possible, as KG said. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, Of course, we talked about the finals. We talked about the coaching hire. I know you're kind of a football fan. I know where I saw an Instagram post where you were excited for Aaron Rodgers to return to Green Bay. Um, I mean, what do you do? You think the Packers can finally get over the hump this year and make it to the Super Bowl? No, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna like as a Packers fan, I've been the, probably the, one of the most uh, optimistic fans. Mm-hmm. It's just and, NFC Championship after NFC Championship breaks your heart, tears you down. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. Um, I'd love it, but with the Rams extending like everyone giving a contract mm-hmm. to like basically everyone great talents like cooper cup aaron donald i think they're going to get odell Beckham, but we'll see um and then tom brady just coming back and it's it's tom brady finds a way it, it, it might be aaron Rodgers. he doesn't have the 
uh, the clutch factor, as many people mm-hmm. like to say. But listen, he's my guy. He's my he, he, I've loved him ever since I was a little kid. So I'm not going to hate on Aaron Rodgers. I'm just thrilled he's back. We lost Devontae. I broke my heart. But still, Aaron Rodgers is back. I love it. That's really the only weak spot. Uh, weak, well, there's a few other weak spots for the Packers. But that receiving core... I mean, if you look Awful. at the Packers, well, yeah, but if you look at the record, it's they've young. Pretty it's good, young. It's very young. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's better than the Ravens though. You got to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, I mean, they've had a pretty good history of drafting receivers in the second round. They, I think they showed a graphic one time, Devonte Adams, Randall Cobb, mm-hmm. um, Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson were all second round picks. And that might've been Rogers mostly, but you know, I mean, Greg Jennings had some good years with Brett Favre, right. But he's also a Hall of Fame quarterback. So we'll see how it works, but. I mean, I think the Packers, with how wide open the NFC is outside of the Rams and Buccaneers, I don't know what's going to happen with the NFC East, if the Eagles are the team or the Cowboys are the team. But, I mean, outside of the – if you're – I think the NFC is a lot more wide open than the AFC. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, I know you're kind of a little bit of a hockey fan. Um, with the Stanley Cup Finals starting on a Wednesday night, who do you like more, the Avalanche or the Lightning? Oh, gosh. I really hope the Avalanche win. <laughs> um, the Lightning have just – been the best team for the past three years and they're possibly can three P it's, it's wild, but I think the avalanche are the better team. Kel McCarr is kind of, he's kind of like the best, one of the best players in the NHL and he's a defenseman and he's kind of like an offensive defenseman, which is Mm -hmm. insane to think about and how young he is. And Nathan McKinnon's, I mean, he's just, he's probably the second best player behind Connor McDavid. So Mm -hmm. they have the star power to do it. I'm a little worried about Darcy Kemper coming back after being hurt. He didn't play at all last series, and Francois played great. Shout out to him. But, gosh, I really hope they win. I was cheering for the Lightning to beat the Rangers because I'm from Central New York, and I I hate Rangers fans, and I think they're a dirty team. (laughs) But, listen, I think it's time for the Lightning to take take a seat down. All righty. Again, that's going to be fun to watch. Um, again, don't forget to check out Kane's Corner. Um, I'll put all the links down in the description, his YouTube channel, his all of his social media sites. Are you are you on TikTok or? I flirted with TikTok. It just it didn't work for me. Um, okay. It's at Kane's Corner Sports, I believe. Okay. So go check him out there. We'll have the links down in the description below. Again, thanks for coming on, Matt. And um, enjoy yep. the NBA Finals or Game 6 and 7, if there is, which I think there will be. Enjoy the rest of the year. Enjoy the Stanley Cup Final. And also enjoy the NFL season this coming uh, this coming, uh, this coming fall. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a blast. Yep, no problem. Again, thanks for coming on. And have a wonderful rest of the night. You too. All right, that's the show. Can't thank you enough for listening to the Sports Town Podcast. We really appreciate it. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Sportstown underscore podcast or on Twitter at Sportstown Pod. We release new episodes every week. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Here's some independent music to send you into the greatest week of all time.